Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia Fabaric. And I'm Dr. Katina Sawyer, and welcome to Thriving at Work, a Worker Being podcast. You can learn more about us on our website, workerbeing.com, on social media, or you can support our community. You can find more details about our community at workerbeing.com slash community. So today we are going to be talking about interruptions in remote work and how they impact your ability to view your job as stressful or not. But the main focus that we're going to sort of key in on is how interruptions that you experience as stressful can be relieved by different types of breaks that are helpful for remote workers to take. I'm going to talk through which breaks those are and how you can use them to help make sure you stay satisfied and happy with your remote work job. Awesome. I mean, I love the topic of breaks. I know we've talked about it before, but um, with the remote work context and how popular it is today, I'm really excited to hear more about this. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get going today, um, a question for you, and I know you've been working remotely for a very long time. When you do take a break from remote work, which I know it's hard to find that time, but when you do take a break from remote work, what is the most likely activity that you're doing during that break? Ooh, this is a good question. Hmm. So I could, I think there's three categories of breaks that I take. Um, so not to like make it super complicated, but yeah, no, um, this is good. Uh, I'll do like a dog walk break, right? So getting outside, taking a walk and now, um, I mean, we've had this dog for more than a year now, but once we got him, it would, it's added him into the mix. So I'm now not just taking my own walks, but I'm taking one with a pup. Um, I, the other thing I might do is food, right? Another break would Mm -hmm. be a food related break. So snacks or tea or, um, making lunch or what have you. Uh, the third break would be some sort of just like chit chat with my husband. So like Danny works from home too, which, um, sometimes can be distracting, but actually most of the time since our offices are separate, it's like having a coworker where, you know, if I need to just get up and like vent about something or just talk about something random, um, I just go and bug him in his office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think um, I'm trying to think of how your breaks would classify according to what we're going to talk about. I think they're pretty aligned um, in some ways, depending upon how you frame it. Although yours are a little bit more like specifically focused than um, I think what these are. Um But in any event, um, I am excited to hear what you think about the different break types because um, I think there's definitely some overlap, but maybe um, some new stuff that you could incorporate into your break repertoire as a result of this too. Um, What about you? You didn't tell us about the breaks you take. I think when I take breaks, usually my breaks are either like frantic. (laughs) I know this is not like a type. (laughs) That type of break. But it feels like it's like frantic. Like I have to pee so bad. I'm going to like pee my pants or like (laughs) I'm, I'm like so hungry or so thirsty that I'm just like, like throwing like crackers in my face or like, or like guzzling water or whatever. I feel like I have these like frantic breaks that are like 
bodily needs where I'm just like doing something like fast and like frantically. And then I have other types of breaks where, like you said, Brendan also works from home. And so um, I have other types of breaks where I like will go walk the dog, but usually Brendan and I do that together or like I'll come share with him something that's happening during the day or I'll like, if I'm in the office, I'll talk to a colleague or um, I guess this would classify as both an interruption, but sometimes it turns into a break. Um, if like I kind of needed a break is like someone will stop by my office to talk. So I think there's like some social component or like mm -hmm. getting outside component to a break um, when it's more of like a longer deliberate break. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think the social piece is very helpful, honestly, sometimes. So it's nice that we both, when we work remote, have somebody at home. Um, but you obviously, when you're in the office too, you get that additional uh, break time with other people. I'm just, yes. I just have Danny and my pets. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'll yeah. talk to Ray sometimes and <laughs> Kona comes and gives me advice. <laughs> I feel like for a second, um, people might've thought if they haven't been following that Ray is a person because Ray sounds like it could be a person, but Kona then made it sound like, okay, it's probably a pet. Yep. Well, the two cats, they do come and chat a lot over here. They'll come into my office and meow at me. So there's that <laughs> big talkers yeah those cats are very chatty um so yeah so we can see and I think really for me like the interesting nugget of this article is around the breaks but I have a couple of takeaways um about the rest of the article too that might be of interest so I'll just give some of these high level takeaways and then we'll break that down so the first is that when you experience interruptions when working remotely, and in this case, they're talking about interruptions from family, so people-related interruptions, um, it's bad for your well-being. Interruptions are generally bad. The second is that when you experience that badness from those interruptions, um, both your and others' satisfaction with your work can be impacted, which also has implications for work and family. Oof. But the third, and probably the most interesting, is that there are different types of breaks that can offset the extent to which you actually go down that pathway once you've been interrupted from work. Okay, so I need to hear more about this because I feel like this is super relevant. Yes. Um, I go and interrupt Danny all the time with like random things. He comes into my office all the time to interrupt. I mean, we interrupt each other like probably too much um, based on what you just said. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, and maybe it's not that frequent, but still like at least once a day we're interrupting each other. So I need to know what we can do to make sure that it's not impacting our, our performance and our productivity. Yes, absolutely. So this data was collected um, from couples. Um, and so that's where the work family piece comes in. Um, and it was actually collected in the early part of the COVID-19 pandemic when people were in lockdown. Mm -hmm. um, so um, there may be other stressors that are going on there as people are adjusting to working remotely. So just keep that in mind that in some instances or in some non-negligible subset of this sample, people were just getting used to the idea of working from home and having both partners work from home together. That um, makes me feel a little better. <laughs> yes. So you may have come up with a routine that works for you over time. But 
the basic concept of interruptions is not just about whether or not you're being interrupted in your work, but whether or not your interruptions are happening at a rate that's more frequent than what you would desire or in ways that you don't want. So the measure that they use to say whether or not you're being interrupted is not just like how many interruptions did you have today, it's I was interrupted today more than I desired or interruptions got in my way more than I would have wanted. So these are interruptions that the person views as bothersome, not just like the number of interruptions that they have. Okay. Well, that also makes me feel better because I don't yes. feel like I'm usually in a place where I get interruptions that I don't want or too frequently. And uh, I feel like Danny and I communicate well, like when it's like, nope, I can't just go away. <laughs> you know, yes. when there's yeah. an interruption that might occur or is about to occur that we can't handle, we are pretty good at just communicating that really quickly to each other. So yep. it's not as bad. Yeah. So I think that um, one of the things to recognize too is that, and the article recognizes this as well, that interruptions have always happened at work. So when people worked in the office, people interrupt you too. And when, if you work in the office right now, people interrupt you too. So um, you do get, inter get interrupted by family when you're working remotely. But when you're working in the office, people also interrupt. So this is not like a new concept that interruptions can happen that has just happened from remote work. I think it's important for people to realize um, because sometimes, especially with return to work conversations and things like that, it feels like people are talking about distractions or interruptions outside of work when we know that those things existed inside of work and continue to exist inside of work too. So I just wanted to throw that out. Um, I think that's a really good point. I just want to pause for a second because yeah. we do forget that a lot, right? Like when you go into an office, um, when you talk to people that haven't worked here remotely and then start going back into an office again, they will often tell you that they're less productive in the office because of interruptions. So it's not just family interruptions. Um, it's, you know, interruptions from all sorts of other people and folks walking by your desk we haven't seen in a while. So I think that's a really good point. Like this is super important to talk about in the remote space and what we can do, but let's not just paint remote work one way or another. Yeah, absolutely. So um, while interruptions from family are much more prevalent, um, working from home for obvious reasons, interruptions from um, coworkers are much more likely to happen outside of the home, right? So, um, so just keeping that in mind is a little caveat that it's not like a knock against remote work, but definitely something we need to think about how to manage and how to manage well as more and more people are continuing to work remotely. So... Um, so basically, interruptions are viewed as distractions that can be cognitively taxing because you're in the middle of doing something and now something else is taking your attention. And for that reason, interruptions can be viewed as an obstacle. And as I mentioned here, the way they measure it kind of bakes in that you're viewing this as something that you don't want or it's not desirable. Um, and so while sometimes an interruption could turn into a break that actually you need, most of the time, people view interruptions as things that are keeping them from doing their work. We call that a hindrance stressor, um, things that are um, stressful, that are viewed as keeping you from making progress. And they also think that interruptions here, and this came to fruition, um, that interruptions um, impact the extent to which you experience good stress on the job. So hindrance stressors are bad. They're usually things that make you feel like you're not being productive. Challenge stressors can be good. These are things that are baked into the job that 
make your job interesting and like puzzles that you have to solve or things that you see as stressful because they're difficult, but at the, in the end, they actually make your job more interesting or fulfilling. And so they also thought that interruptions remove the pleasant outcomes to some extent associated with challenge stressors because you're having to get disengaged from parts of your job that you might find exciting or solving those puzzles and you have to take time away from what you're trying to figure out and then when you get back you have to resume your focus and so it becomes less enriching to interact um, or to perform those tasks as well that could be viewed as good stressors because you're not able to actually like focus and concentrate. Mm-hmm. I mean that makes a lot of sense to me like the you know breaking up that focus when you're really working on a problem that is maybe hard but interesting and something that you like know that once you get there once you figure it out you're like got the sense of accomplishment around you um so I think that that makes sense and honestly I had a flashback to like my comprehensive exam notebook where I had challenge stressor and hindrance (laughs) stressor written down and I can't remember the citation because it's been way too long good old Jeff Lapine yeah yeah but I don't remember the year do you remember the year (laughs) Uh, uh, no, I mean, I, I can look at it in this article, but I would never remember that off the top of my head. <laughs> but good. I mean, it's good work. It's like, it's an interesting piece because a lot of people talk about, and I, this is like a little bit of a sidebar, but I do think it's of note. you know, a lot of people do talk about, um, burnout and stress. And I've heard leaders make comments like, well, not all stress is bad. And people are thinking about this concept but they're not always, they don't always have the words to mm-hmm. support it. And so I think I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it because I don't know if we've talked about it exactly before. Um, so just kind of highlighting that challenge stressors are not a bad thing. Obviously, if your entire day is full of it and that's all you have is like really, really challenging things that can get exhausting. But mm-hmm. generally speaking, having them is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So some stress is good because it keeps you on your toes and it makes your job exciting. Um, but they're basically saying, and they found that when you get interrupted, it makes you have more hindrance stress. You feel like your job is, you're less productive and you feel like there are more things standing in your way. And then it also dampens your sense of challenge stressors because you have to keep getting like disengaged and re-engaged with what you're working on. So basically interruptions may not be great, um, during work hours and, That actually plays out to have some implications down the road for your satisfaction, but also with your spouse's satisfaction with your employee's working arrangement or with your working arrangement. So if you think about this, so if, if you're, you know, working remotely and you're married to Danny, um, well, you could, I mean, the, both of those things are true. So think about when you're working (laughs) remotely and, um, Danny's around. So um, basically, Danny or other people in your house, like if you guys have kids or something like that, are interrupting you, you're starting to see your job as more stressful, less fun stress, more bad stress. Your satisfaction with your job goes down to the extent that you feel higher hindrance stress and lower challenge stress. And interestingly, your spouse's satisfaction with your work also goes down. So Danny might be thinking like, wow, Patricia's job is actually like kind of stressful. Like, and I don't know how much I like this job for her. Um, Even though the interruptions are coming from the family, it changes, (laughs) it changes their perception of your work arrangement. So it's like, 
oh, like, even though I'm the one that's doing the interrupting, what they're really getting is, like, this person seems stressed by their job today, and that makes me like it less for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, kind of an interesting thing where you're the one interrupting, but then you're thinking it's work's fault. But, um, but that's only true to the extent to which your hindrance stress goes up. So the more you feel like you're being held back by interruptions, the more hindrance stress you feel that actually impacts your spouse's perception of your job. Whereas for you yourself, both the positive stress and the negative stress have something to do with your satisfaction. The spouse is really most impacted by those feelings of stress coming from hindrance. I think that makes sense because probably when somebody is being impacted in like the hindrance perspective, they are likely reacting to the spouse in a mm-hmm. way that makes them feel, or the child or whoever is interrupting, that makes them feel like, um, ooh, this person's stressed, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, ah, oh, I'm being like kept from my work. And so that person has a reaction and the, the spouse receives that reaction and might feel a certain way. Yeah, yeah. So it's like they don't, the good stuff is not as sticky. Like, oh, this person seems really like, seems stressed but like in a good way the bad stuff is stickier for other people um and then just one more thing when you're more satisfied with your work your engagement goes up when you're less satisfied with your work your engagement goes down so at the end of the day interruptions tend to have a net negative on your work engagement whereas for your spouse they also have a net positive on feelings of being overloaded with family or overwhelmed with family responsibilities. So spouses tend to say, I feel like I can't handle all the family responsibilities that I have when their partner seems stressed out by the work that they're doing remotely. So both your spouse gets more unhappy, feels more overloaded, and you get more unhappy about your work when you're experiencing interruptions as stressful. So this is a question I have about the study design and maybe it's too in the weeds, but did they look at differences based on whether somebody prefers to integrate versus segment? They did. They controlled for that. Okay, great. Yes. Great. So yeah, for Um, context, for those that haven't heard those episodes, you know, an integrator is someone that generally speaking, when they are thinking about their work in their life, they're okay with like working like maybe later hours, but then taking bigger breaks in the middle of the day to do family or, you know, house related stuff. Um, so kind of switching back and forth more often versus a segmenter who wants their like strict nine to five after five, no one talked to me from work. Um, but between nine and five, no one from home connect with me. I'm not going to do any laundry. I'm not doing anything else but working. Yep. Yeah, so they controlled for that. They also controlled for age and gender and whether Mm -hmm. or not their spouse was employed. And they also controlled for um, how how many hours they were working remotely, their experience working remotely. And because it was during the pandemic, anxiety about the pandemic, and they also controlled for family size, like how many children or other people they had living in their house. So they controlled for quite a few things. Um, But... um, as I mentioned before, even though they controlled for um, the experience of remote work, um, the sample itself tended to have a pretty low amount of the experience of remote work. So it's also important just to recognize that um, these are not pros overall at working remotely to this extent. Okay, that's fair. That makes sense. So tell um, me about the breaks part. Yes. So... In this study, to sort of 
you know, make a silver lining to the fact that these interruptions are bad, they looked at how breaks actually helped people to offset the stress that they experienced in response to interruptions. So we know that the stress leads to lower satisfaction and makes your spouse um, unhappy with your arrangements. And then that has implications for engagement and family overload for the spouse. That whole thing can be stopped or, or lessened when an interruption happens that it doesn't convert into those stress responses where you experience more hindrances and low challenges if you use particular types of breaks. So the first type of break is a non-work goal break. This means that you're using your break to actually get something done that you need to get done in the house. Um, one of the things that they talked about was that if you get interrupted, it could be because someone's asking you to help them with something. And so what this suggests is that if you ha take more regular breaks where you could say like, I can't help you with that right now, but I can help you with that in an hour, whatever the case may be. Um, if you have more regular breaks, then you're able to sort of check those things off the list as the day goes on. And they're not like linger lingering in your head or making your family member more upset because they don't know when you're going to be able to get to it type of thing. So you mentioned like, you know, you and Danny are able to say, okay, like I can't talk to you right now, but you might say like, come back in 30 minutes or something. Right. And then you'll have time to take a break. That's actually a good thing because, um, then the person knows that they're going to have their chance to get done whatever they need to get done or have the conversation that they need to have. Um, but if they don't do that, it might be hanging over the other person's head. Like, well, I wanted to tell them something or I need something done and I don't know when that's going to get done. And it might be hanging over your head as an employee being like, well, now, now when I'm done doing all this work stuff, I'm going to have to do these five life things that I haven't had a chance to get to. So that's the first type of break is you, actually using the break to make progress on something related to non-work that you need to get done. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, I think I could see that, right? Like I'm even imagining just like this week I am taking Friday off and I'm going to Palm Springs with some girlfriends and I have a ton of laundry to do. Um, <laughs> cause Katina, you and I had a photo shoot and I took all of my clothes. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so I've got a bunch of laundry to do. And like, I'm thinking about that because it's like, Ooh, it's a short week. I want to get it done. I know at the end of the day, like I'm not wanting to do laundry at like 10 PM, you know, after I've done work and dinners and whatever. So I keep thinking about that. But if I can take that break in the middle of the day to like go and do that laundry, it's yep. weighing on me less. Um, yeah. and I totally, totally experienced that. Yeah. So I think that's, that's part of what they're saying is like, it's really making, um, it's really making it possible for you to mentally feel like you're checking things off your list. And it's not just like now that list is getting longer and longer. It's kind of like when you take a vacation and you know that your inbox is going to be looming and that's kind of stressful. It's like you have a mounting inbox of life things that you're not able to chip away at. And so um, it's creating more stress. But if you can start to decrease what you have in that bucket, then it creates less stress. Um, this is like another sidebar. I feel like I keep doing that this episode. No, you're good. This is great. The, the thing I'm thinking about is how this would relate to someone that goes into the office. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know if we have that data or if we've, I, don't, I haven't read anything about it, but I'm curious if like, some of those life stressors are not being relieved in the same way for people in the office. And so that's bad. Or is it that the, when they're in the office, they kind of 
compartmentalize better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think that I think that's a really really good point. I think that this literature would probably say that while people in the office experience some family interruptions, that they don't experience as many as they do as when they're home. So it's maybe like less interruptions, but also to your point, there's less of an ability to get things done. Like you're saying, like you have to get laundry done. Like you have, you have tasks to do, but I think in terms of those tasks, like interrupting you and being like, do this now, um, that would be less likely to happen in the office than it would be at home. I think would be what they would say, even though it's not impossible. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, Um, so what's the second type of break? Yeah, so the second type of break is a self-care break. And that break is anything that helps you to restore your energy or anything that makes you feel more healthy and well. So that's where I was thinking about like, oh, food could come into play, a chat break, like, you know, talking to someone who you care about. That could be a form of self-care, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's where some of those like more... I guess, uh, nourishing activities come into play is in this self-care break. So either you're using it to get a task done or you're using it to take care of yourself. Both of those things are um, helpful for offsetting these downstream implications of the stress that you experience. That makes sense. And I think um, you can combine the two. I just am thinking of my dog walks or your dog walks, right? Yeah. Yeah doing something healthy for yourself, you're outside, you're in nature, you're feeling better about things. And then you also are taking care of a task of making sure the pup also gets his exercise. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And so the very best combination that you can have is to do both of these types of breaks during your day. So it's especially effective to do them both, not just pick one. So it's not like, oh yeah, like I used all my breaks today to do, um, household tasks. And so I think that I'm not going to be stressed out. You actually benefit the most from doing both. So if you can take some breaks that are self-care focused and some breaks that are helping you get done tasks that you have to get done in life. And if you can mix the two, then you'll best be able to offset the hit that your challenge stressor takes and the increase that you get from a hindrance stressor when people are butting in when you're trying to get stuff done. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, we've talked about breaks before and like taking breaks to disconnect from work. We've talked about and how that can be really helpful. Obviously, both of these types of breaks help you disconnect from work. The self-care one can put you in a better headspace and and there's a lot of positives there. And then obviously, if you can remove more things from your to-do list, that's like a weight that's taken off your shoulders too. So it makes a lot of sense that both of these would work, but it also makes sense that you can't just focus on doing household tasks and yeah. then expect that that's going to help you. Because as we've talked about before, disconnecting from work, like as a recovery tactic, doesn't mean going and doing dishes at your house because you're still doing some type of work, right? It's not the same as like relaxing or doing something for yourself that's going to make you feel better. Um, so I think it makes sense that you have to mix the two. Yeah. So it's like you have to check things off the list that are going to be taking up headspace, but you also have to proactively take action to improve your well-being at the same time or, you know, over the course of the day. So I think for leaders, the main thing that I would say is that 
I think a lot of times, especially when people are working remotely, leaders think that, or leaders have a concern that people are working less hard when they're remote, and we know from the data that that's not true, but I think people have that concern, and I would imagine that if you have that concern or you've expressed that concern, people might feel uncomfortable taking breaks or letting you know about their breaks, or they might not um, think that it's appropriate to take breaks. So this is a good um, sort of reminder that breaks help people to be more engaged with their work, which we know is related to performance. So if you're managing a remote workforce and people say, you know, I'm gonna take 15 minutes in between these meetings to walk around the block or, um, you know, have a conversation with my spouse or whatever it is, that you should encourage that because it actually has positive implications for the team, for their performance, and it helps people to want to stick around longer. Love it. Yeah, I think that's great advice. So definitely support your teams doing that. And also as a leader, you should do it yourself and yeah. model that example. Um, and then as an employee, if you're trying to figure out how you can take better breaks, maybe it's just communication with your leader if you're feeling that stress. And hopefully you can have some sort of conversation with them to help you get to a place where you can actually take those breaks. Um, Absolutely. Leaders out there help support people as they need to take time off in the middle of the day, just a few minutes here and there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that makes a ton of sense. And, um, and yeah, like you said, if you're not doing it yourself, other people won't feel like they can do it. So it takes everybody to encourage these kinds of breaks, but then everybody's more engaged. So, and they have less, of their spouse saying, I don't think you should work for that company anymore, which can make a big impact. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. You want your um, employees to be supported by their families so that they're not feeling like they should leave a job because of how it's impacting everybody else. So it's kind of a win-win around the board if you all support breaks. Thanks Agreed. for sharing this. This is super interesting. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening to it. And hopefully we can all take some more thoughtful breaks this week. Yes, we will try. Um, but thank you to all of our listeners. If you have any questions or feedback for us, you can always email us at contact at workerbeing.com. You can find us on social. Um, we have bonus episodes on Patreon and on Apple Podcasts. If you're interested, um, check them out. We dive into a little more research and some personal stories as well. So we'd love for you to listen. Um, you can find all that again on Patreon or on um, Apple Podcasts, and there'll be links in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Thriving at Work is hosted by us, Dr. Patricia Grabarek and Dr. Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. Oh, 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 oh